Hey, Leading Learning listener, if you represent a membership organization looking for ways to expand your online course catalog rapidly with high quality content, we have good news. At leadinglearning.com AMA, you can find out how to make online training from the American Management Association available to your learners. Through a partnership between AMA and Tagoras, the parent company of Leading Learning, you can give your learners access to more than 70 e-learning modules covering essential business topics ranging from leading and innovating, to managing projects effectively, to working in hybrid teams. For details on how to grow your catalog with courses from a true global leader in management training, visit leadinglearning.com AMA. If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Welcome to episode 250, a real milestone, and as we'll discuss in this episode, something of a turning point for the Leading Learning Podcast. It's hard to believe that we've been at it for roughly five years at this point and have grown from zero listeners to more than 7,000 downloads a month. That is indeed hard to believe. And I think as a starting point for this episode, some thank yous are in order. We're incredibly grateful to each and every listener who has made the podcast possible. We're also thankful for the numerous sponsors who have helped underwrite the cost of producing the podcast week over week. And of course, we owe thank yous to the many guests who have generously given of their time to be interviewed. We've been fortunate to be joined by a range of intelligent, insightful people who have shared their knowledge and expertise with the learning business community. I'll note that if you go to leadinglearning.com slash podcast, you'll find a selection of some of the most popular past episodes, as well as a link to access a clickable list of every one of the 250 episodes we have published to date, including, of course, all of the interviews. And finally, very special thanks to Jackie Harmon, a less visible but essential member of our Leading Learning Podcast triumvirate. Every week, she's the one responsible for putting together the very thorough show notes for each episode. And we've heard on many occasions from people who find the show notes highly valuable, and they really do go well beyond what you find available for most podcasts. We encourage you to always check out the show notes for every episode because Jackie does a great job capturing not only the key points and resources covered in each episode, but also adding relevant resources that are not covered in the episodes. Yes, the show notes are a very valuable part of the podcast, and we are truly grateful to Jackie for the effort she's put into them over the years. Thank you, Jackie. Now, we should probably highlight what we have in mind for this episode beyond expressing our gratitude. We've done milestone episodes in the past, specifically for episodes 100, 150, and 200. And in those, we shared our perspectives and lessons learned from doing the show We'll be sure to link to those past milestone episodes in the show notes, but for this episode, we thought we'd focus less on our perspective and more on input we've received from listeners. That's right. In advance of this episode, we reached out to ask listeners for their questions and comments, and we want to highlight some of what we got back as we think that could be very valuable for the whole Leading Learning Podcast audience to hear what's on their peers' minds right now. 
We'll also share some of what we've heard recently through reviews of the show submitted through Apple Podcasts. And then finally, we'll touch on our plans for the podcast going forward. So maybe a good place to start is to highlight a couple of the reviews we've gotten recently for the show. Reviews and ratings are something we always bring up at the end of each episode, and we're really grateful to the people who take just a moment to leave them. Ratings and reviews help us gauge whether we're succeeding and providing value, and the reviews in particular help us understand what it is that listeners find valuable about the show. You can usually leave a review on whatever site or app you use for listening to podcasts, but because Apple Podcasts is still by far the most popular podcast channel at this point, we encourage you to leave ratings and reviews there. And to do that, all you have to do is go to leadinglearning.com slash Apple, and that will put you in the right place. One of the reviews we've gotten there recently is from Todd Slater, who gives the show five stars and writes, informative and actionable. I listen often and find the content relevant to the challenges we are facing today. I am able to implement many of the ideas discussed, which is a great value for me. You will also find the shows produced well, and the show notes are a great reference. I highly recommend making this part of your learning routine. Many thanks to Todd for that review. Yes, thank you, Todd. And here's another one from Bhaskar, who also gives the show five stars and says, I want to really thank Salisa and Jeff for the years of dedication and congratulate them for the body of work they've created. The sheer quantum of work that must go into this, the research to be done before each episode, and the detailing in the show notes is just mind-blowing. You should rename yourself The Learning University. The little smiley emoticon beside that. Thanks again and congratulations. Many thanks to Bhaskar, not just for appreciation of the show, but also for recognizing that a great deal of work does indeed go into it. Again, you can leave a review simply by going to leadinglearning.com slash Apple, and we'd be truly grateful. It's great to hear from listeners through reviews, but as you mentioned, Jeff, we also did some outreach before this milestone episode to ask listeners for questions and comments related to the show and to the learning business in general. So we owe thanks and gratitude to Carol, Cindy, Carrie, Cesar, Jim, Jack, Jennifer, Nancy, Andrea, Misen, and others who took time to respond when we reached out. Three major themes emerged from the input we got, and we thought it would be useful to highlight those themes and some of the specific comments that underlie them as a way for listeners to enhance their sense of what is top of mind for their peers out in the learning business world. So first, and probably to no one's surprise, we heard from a number of listeners about virtual events and virtual conferences. We have, of course, seen an explosion of activity in this area since the COVID-19 pandemic has forced most organizations to either cancel their face-to-face events or take them online. And it's an area we've been researching and writing about since at least 2011, and we've dedicated a number of episodes, both recently and in the past, to virtual conferences and events. We'll be sure to link to those, as well as to a range of other resources, from webinars to our virtual conferences report, in the show notes for this episode. Given its importance for learning businesses, it's an area we definitely expect to continue to address more or less directly on the podcast for the foreseeable future. Now, one area we're specifically watching right now is 
hybrid events, and that's events that combine a face-to-face and an online component. There seems to be an emerging consensus that hybrid represents the future of conferences, but to be honest, we're more than a bit skeptical, particularly in cases where people have in mind face-to-face and online taking place at the same time. Most organizations, in our opinion, don't yet fully appreciate the cost and complexity of this approach, at least if it is truly done professionally and in a way that's likely to support effective learning, which of course is what we're all about here at Leading Learning. What may be more likely is mining the best content from a face-to-face event and presenting it as a separate later virtual conference. But in most cases, organizations and especially smaller organizations are likely to get better results and a better return on investment by concentrating on their virtual conferences as distinct, separately produced events. Now, related to, but bigger than that issue of virtual conferences and events is the whole issue of moving face-to-face content online in a way that results in effective learning. That's a critical need these days, whether we're talking about transitioning events or classes. One listener who wrote in sees this challenge from two perspectives. The first is the current need for very rapid redesign and implementation. She notes that her organization had less than four weeks to transition an in-person event to a virtual one, and I'm guessing that that situation sounds familiar to many listeners. But beyond that first challenge, she sees a second, longer-term challenge, and she asks, quote, now that we have a new normal and are expected to deliver content virtually, how do we take a look at our typical in-person curriculum and redesign, rethink a new way to structure the content effectively, end quote. Another listener similarly asks about, quote, the most effective way to take in-person experiential classes to a meaningful virtual delivery method, end quote. Now, these are not new challenges. They are old challenges, but they've become more pressing because of current circumstances. But for many organizations, achieving real learning success online has always been somewhat elusive. In fact, one listener wrote in that he has never really experienced a highly effective online course and that he's longing for what he calls, quote, an exemplar of a fantastic continuing education course that really supports lasting knowledge translating into practice that's reasonably doable from a development and technology standpoint, and that's solidly positive ROI, end quote. Now, the good news in all of this is that extensive research shows that e-learning can be as effective or more effective than face-to-face, and that's a topic we addressed in a recent episode that we'll link to in the show notes. And we've had a number of guests on the show who are leading thinkers and advisors in exactly what it takes to make e-learning experiences, or for that matter, any type of learning experiences, effective. Kathy Moore, Julie Dirksen, and most recently, Diane Elkins, those are just a few of the experts we've interviewed who've provided valuable guidance on how to apply scientifically-based principles to your learning design and development. We'll be sure to link to a range of episodes in the show notes. Again, this is a critical area for learning businesses, and we expect to continue to address it both more and less directly on the podcast for the foreseeable future. 
The third thematic area we want to highlight is one that has been very much on our minds lately, but that we've addressed only to a limited extent so far on the podcast, and it's what we might characterize as our changed and changing world. We have in mind the significant social and economic unrest that's impacting our lives and our work. Racial inequity is one of the central issues, and it's one we're grappling with personally, and as might be expected, it's clearly on the minds of listeners. One listener shared, for example, that it is, quote, hard not to think about racism in our profession, the professions we serve, and what our role is, given that learning businesses provide so much education to adult learners. How can we establish lasting processes and systems that very purposefully seek to address those issues, end quote. And another listener asks, quote, how do we center racial equity? And then she continues, making it clear that inequity isn't confined only to race. She adds, quote, how do we center accessibility? Now, both of these listeners also comment on current economic circumstances, both for individuals and for organizations. So, pointing to the many people who have built their livelihoods on face-to-face teaching opportunities that are now disappearing, one asks, quote, how do we help our colleagues who are being left behind by COVID, end quote. And the other wonders how to, quote, bolster resilience in your learning business in anticipation of the impending financial depression, end quote. Another listener points to the challenges that learners may be facing as they try to adapt to a level of change that COVID-19 has only accelerated. Quote, how do we best stay nimble now as educators of professionals, given the forces that have not only changed how our learners learn, but in some cases, what they have to learn, end quote. Now, as with the challenges of transitioning to online, many of the socioeconomic challenges we're facing right now are hardly new, but they have reached a much higher level of awareness and urgency in our current circumstances, and clearly all individuals and organizations must take steps to address them. That applies to learning businesses and learning business professionals as much as anyone else, and I should add it uh, applies to podcast hosts too. Yeah, we really have to turn the lens on ourselves as podcast hosts and as people in the learning business. And I don't currently know of specific data to reference. That's something we're going to be looking for or possibly even collecting ourselves going forward. But, you know, just based on experience and observation over many years, it seems clear to me that we're nowhere near an appropriate level of racial equity in the learning business. And Jeff, you and I have been having discussions recently with potential collaborators in addressing the lack of accessibility for people with disabilities that pervades online learning in particular. Really, the the vast majority of online learning platforms don't address accessibility issues effectively, and too many learning businesses aren't aware of the issues, um, much less how to address them. That's right. And, you know, the economic issues, too, are very real. It it does seem very likely that we're in for even harder times financially as we feel the full impact of business cutbacks in the wake of COVID-19. But even without that, though, we're, we're clearly already in a time in which so many of the people we serve as learning businesses are reeling from the shifts we've been experiencing in the world of work. In many ways, you know, the the widespread need for upskilling and 
reskilling represents an opportunity uh, for learning businesses, but our view is that it also represents a clear responsibility. We have a responsibility to serve our learners well, to provide them with truly effective learning experiences that meet the challenges that we have right now, and that definitely means learning to do it effectively online. So these are all areas we plan to engage with more deeply as we move forward with the podcast. And so this is probably a good time to talk about what moving forward may look like. Now, to keep our options open, we're going to be a little light on details, but we can say with certainty that this show will feel different when we hit episode 251. One thing that Jeff and I have learned over time is that podcasts offer a a lot of flexibility from length to format to how the content is organized and structured within episodes and over time. And we feel part of our value to you as a listener is to continue to experiment with the possibilities and share the results of those experiments. And also, given that we're living in a time of so much change, it seems appropriate now to step back and reflect on the best way to move forward. So to make that possible, we're going to take a break from producing new weekly episodes so that we can take time to reflect and plan. Our aim is going to be to return with new episodes in October, possibly with a brief episode or two in the interim to update you on our status And then in the meantime, of course, all of the past episodes are available on the Leading Learning website. And the best place to go to access them and also see subscription options is leadinglearning.com slash podcast. It will also provide a direct link to the list of all episodes in the show notes for this episode. So we're wrapping up this 250th episode of the podcast. To get show notes, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 250. If that's not something you've ever done before, or even if you have, we really encourage it. The show notes are a great way to review what we cover in an episode and access additional resources. All of the more recent episodes also feature reflection questions that are included as part of the show notes. And as Jeff noted, once you're on the site, you can easily explore past episodes, and take advantage of a wide range of other resources that we offer there. The show notes are also a place you can see various options for subscribing to the podcast. If you're not yet subscribed, please consider it. It enables you to conveniently access each episode through a phone or other mobile device. And once you've got the episodes on that device, it's yet another way to easily peruse and access past episodes. And it's the best way to know immediately when we return to releasing new episodes. We'd also be grateful if you would take a minute to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you go to leadinglearning.com slash Apple, that will put you in the right place. We read a couple of recent reviews at the beginning of this episode. And of course, those reviews didn't just magically appear. The people who wrote them took a few minutes out of their day to share their appreciation for what they feel is a valuable resource. If you find Leading Learning valuable, we hope you too will take just a minute to let us know. Finally, consider following us and sharing the good word about leading learning. You can find us on Twitter by going to leadinglearning.com slash Twitter, on Facebook at leadinglearning.com slash Facebook, and on LinkedIn at leadinglearning.com slash LinkedIn. We use those channels to highlight new and past episodes of the podcast and also to share a range of resources to help you continue to grow and improve your learning business. So pick your favorite and follow us today. Thanks again and see you after a brief pause. 
back on the Leading Learning Podcast.